the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. Today we are live here in our studio and we are going to be speaking to an amazing young man who um, came out of a rough neighborhood and yet has superseded everything that the world said he should have become and he's an entrepreneur Um, he used to be from right here from Oceanside California but now lives in Texas Uh, But I want you to hang out. His name is William Rodriguez. But I want you to hang out because the latter part of the show, we are coming out of Zechariah chapter 11. Will, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, And before we get started, I wanted to make sure that you tell our audience a little bit about yourself so they get familiar with you. And then we'll go into a Q&A. That's awesome. Well, I want to say thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Um, so a little bit about me. Born and raised in San Diego. You mentioned Oceanside. A lot of people don't know where that is. If you're from Southern California. You know exactly where that is. Born and raised in Oceanside. Um, you know, two parents. Uh, but what happened early on in my childhood is uh, there's a lot of disconnection between uh, my family. Um, I grew up in the hood in a very, uh, in a gang environment. And what was interesting is that the older, you know, people in that, in that hood, they were the ones showing me love. They were the ones playing with me, you know, they're the ones connecting with me. Also the guys that were always getting into trouble. Those were my peers. Those were my friends. So I would see all those guys, you know, doing bad things, but they're my friends. I didn't really know about gangs. didn't know about, you know, that lifestyle, um, and it was very normal to me, right? And what was interesting is that you don't have any role models when you grow up in that environment. You only have bad role models. So growing up, I was very ambitious when it came down to doing bad things. I wanted to make a name for myself. I got into trouble. I got involved heavily with gangs, you know, got into you know, trouble with the law early on, too, as a juvenile. And I'm not going to, you know, dive too much into that, but I did want to say that when I was 19, I did give my life to Christ. And then ever since then, God's been taking away all the baggage, all the garbage, making me into a new person, like it says in the Bible. Woo-hoo. And right now, we, uh, my wife and I recently moved from San Diego to Dallas. And, you know, started a business uh, a couple of years ago, and I'm in the financial space now. And it's kind of interesting how, you know, even my clients that I help, they can't imagine me. I haven't told them. Most of them don't know, but um, they can't even imagine me in that environment, the old environment. Because, again, I deal with, uh, with finances, right? go over people's um, financials. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, my client now, is older 55 white male, right? They have you know, over a million dollars in assets. That's my ideal client. That's who I help on a daily basis. And it's kind of interesting how, you know, growing up the way I did and now seeing what God is doing in my life, I'm just looking at that. I'm like, man, God, you're amazing, right? That's powerful. turning everything around. So it's just fascinating to me. That's powerful. So, you know, you're an entrepreneur and we're going to get that. We're going to get to that. But at 19, you're a wreck. Um, life doesn't look bright for you. You don't have a future. Um, if it is, it's maybe prison or, or, or end up in a grave somewhere. Or 
whatever the circumstance that could have happened, what happened to you? How did Jesus crash into your darkness and how uh, did this change come about? Yeah, so I want to take it back for us. We grew up as quote-unquote Catholic, right? But we didn't go to church. We just went to the parties. <laughs> That's usually what happens. In those environments, right? So I'm not going to knock, you know, um, you know, the lack of, there was a big lack of anything in God in our family. So what was interesting is that, uh, you know, there would be a lot of Jehovah Witnesses knocking at my door and, you know, open up my, my door to them. And they taught me a few things. One thing is, Jesus is not God, and there is not going to be any hell. So at the time when I heard that, I'm like, okay, so Jesus is not God. That's kind of weird because I heard that Jesus is God. Okay. But the second one kind of got me uh, to justify what I was doing because I'm like, okay, well, there's really no point in going to heaven. Like, what is the point? If you're trying to live a right life right now, and again, I'm taking you back to like my my mindset right at that time. Right. I was doing drugs, sleeping around with women, having quote unquote fun. And why would I live a, a, a life that was pleasing to God here on earth, right? To just make it to heaven and sing songs to God all day long, right? I'm like, that's pointless. But Jehovah's Witnesses told me if you are sinning and you don't repent from your sin or whatever, then all you can do is sleep. I'm like, well, that's cool. Like, I can still keep on doing what I'm doing. Worst case scenario, I'm asleep. Boom. Call it a day. And because of that, I continued on the lifestyle that I was on. Didn't want nothing to do with God. I just loved the lifestyle that I was that I was living, right? So how did was how did you actually have this conversion, man? Because you were a pretty bad guy. And now even when I speak with you or see you and talk to you, you're not even anything close to that. You're a businessman. You're an entrepreneur. But what was that moment like? How did it happen? So what was crazy is that, you know, 16, 17, you know, doing drugs, you know, in the party scene, you know, still um, sleeping with girls and having a lot of toxic relationships. I feel like that I was always in the end of myself when it came down to like drugs. I was smoke weed. I'm like, it's just not hitting the same, right? I'm smoking meth. It's not, it's not giving me the high as before. I go to parties, sleep with women, and didn't give me the same adrenaline as before, right? Around the time that I was like 18, my mom started going to a Christian church. And that's why I tell people all the time, if you have people that are not saved, pray but also fast for them. I think a lot of people miss the fasting part. And what was cool about that particular church is that whenever there's a big need in the church, they would not only pray, but fast until this, this you know, saw a breakthrough. Amen. So that was pretty cool of, of that church. And that's exactly what happened. My mom knew what was going on in my life, tried to be there to support, to try to change me and, and wear her own, uh, you know, influence. But obviously she couldn't do that. She would invite me to church and I would go here and there and I would hear the, you know, the, the preacher talk, but it still, it wasn't really hidden until I was alone, you know, driving right to work at the time. And I felt like a little whisper from God and he would tell me, go to church. And at the time, again, I'm, I'm, just 19, I'm like, yeah, later, later. I'll do that later, not right now. But deep down inside, I was miserable because I couldn't get really fulfilled from anything else that I was doing. Um, there was no purpose in my life. There was no hope in my life. I'm there just wondering, why am I here on this earth, to be honest? And my mom will keep on inviting me to church until one day I said, you know what? I'm just tired of being sick and tired. And I decided to go to church and I did tell God, Hey, if I do move forward, right. If I do give my love to you, I cannot change on my own to help me. Amen. And if that's okay, then I'm ready because I'm not ready. 
<laughs> I hear you. It, it makes no sense, right? But you asked him no into your heart at that point. God just changed my life, um, dropped all my addictions, all my bad habits, all cussing, everything went out the door. Amen. Like so let me yeah. ask you a little another question before we start talking about what you do now. Um, mm -hmm. How did you meet um, your current wife and and I know you guys, you know, we all work on our marriages to make them stronger. You mm -hmm. now have um, two children, another one on the way right now. Your wife, yeah, is, yeah. Mm -hmm. your wife is pregnant. How did you guys meet? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take it back to, you know, being a Christian in the church and trying to navigate through relationships. Um, I didn't really know how to pursue a, a woman the right way in the church. And so I read a book that really kind of summed it up and helped me uh, really see clearly on, on relationships. Pretty much the book talked about if you're going to pursue somebody, make sure your intentions are to marry that person. Amen. It must have been written by a Christian author, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not the same as you're trying to just pursue girls to do the deed, right? Right. Now you're really trying to do things different, and that's what I was always struggling with early as a Christian. So when I pursued my wife, um, the second time I hung out with her, I told her I liked her. The third time I was like, Hey, you know, you like me. I like you, but if we move forward, are you ready for marriage? Woo-wee. Amen. Uh, Come on, brother. Boyfriend at the time. Um, but yes, I've been, you know, reserving myself for such a time as this. So what happened is that, you know, we moved forward and then, Three months later, she got, she got baptized. She was lukewarm at the time. So she got baptized. She got right with the Lord. And then, you know, six months after that, we got married. Wow. We've been fighting the good fight ever since. Hey, Amen. It is. That. And it I is a fight. We got back. We got, we're messy people because we both, both come from broken homes. But if we just go back to the Lord, repent, we should be good. <laughs> no, that's what marriage is all about. You hit it on, on the nail. The difference between us and the world is we keep coming back to the table. Mm -hmm. And divorce is a curse word, and we're not going to name it in our household. Nothing. Nothing. Amen. And homework. Amen. I got to humble myself. I'm like, I'm sorry. I try to be the first one to say I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen, brother. Praise the Lord. Right. <laughs> hey, so let me ask you a question. You, you now live in Texas. Yeah. Um, and, um, you're going to church there. You're involved. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your favorite part of ministry? Uh, but before you answer that, let me give a shout out to our, our audience. If you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas. As we are interviewing this, this man that just loves the Lord comes from a broken home from, uh, gangs from drugs, from alcohol. So there's hope for you because now he is an entrepreneur. He's a businessman and makes money. Yes, you can make money as a Christian. And yes, God wants to bless you with money. So uh, answer that question for our audience now. Uh, uh, William? <laughs> Will? <laughs> so what's the favorite part about ministry you're saying? Yeah, what's your favorite? I know you're serving now in the in church in uh in Texas. Yeah. Tell us a, a little bit about what you do in the church. Yeah, what I do in the church, um one of six leaders um that are involved in the men's group. Um and we're pretty much uh sharpening other men to really live for God. And one thing I love about you know, where I'm at is that I, I really love seeing men not only come to faith, but be leaders of their home. I believe that men right now are very passive. Oh, come and that's on. We see, uh, people struggling with depression, with porn. They're very soft in their faith. Amen. And they try to be consumers instead of being producers. Woo! Come on. The biggest said people with people is like, hey, well, the Bible says this, well, then do it, right? Amen. So back in my gang days, either you're in or you're out. There's no in-between. There's no, like, I'm thinking about it. I'm praying about it. Like, you're in or you're out. Like, very simple. So coming to faith, that's pretty much what I see. I read the Bible and it says, well, if you pray, 
If you doubt, you're not going to get it. Okay, cool. Let me pray without doubting. Amen, my brother. Like, there's really no, you know, teachings that you could dig into in the Greek, the Hebrew. No, it's plain simple. (laughs) Bring it, brother. It's very simple. So you're... You're married, you're serving the Lord, you, you had a bad past, you came from gangs, drugs, um, your marriage is working, you have two children, one on the way. Tell us what, mm-hmm. you, what you do um, to make money, and, and I know you serve the community, you, and don't work just in Dallas, you work out of Dallas, because everything yeah. is, is, you know, you can get on the internet, they can look you up, so tell us what right. you do. So when it comes down to what I do, I do a service, you know, the entire U.S. If I'm not licensed in a certain state, I'll, I'll get licensed to help more clients out. And that happens here and there. But what I do, I help people not run out of money in retirement. Um, you know, when people come to me, sometimes they know exactly um, where their finances are. Some people that come to me do not. So I help with the planning, which is the beginning stages of putting money away for retirement. Um, the accumulation, which means, hey, I'm putting money into Bitcoin, into real estate, into XYZ to try to get into, um, you know, a certain amount of dollars at retirement. But where I specialize and what I've been seeing more of my clients come in is through the distribution phase, which means they're already close to retirement. If not in retirement, they have a lot of money in equities, which, which means a 401k, IRA, and they're looking to, you know, have a stronger defense. And that's when I look at different portfolios and I say, okay, you have, you know, so-and-so in, in equities and, you know, you're exposed out there in the market. Let's try to figure out how you can position your, your, your income that you get into Social Security and getting money from your retirement accounts so you won't run out of money. So you have a strong defense and we look at bond alternatives at times for different clients. So I help protect the preservation of their capital. So let me ask you a, a question. So yeah. you're obviously licensed in Texas. Yep. Are you licensed in California? I'm licensed in California, Oklahoma, Florida. I mean, the list goes on and on. I have a lot of, class in California, not only because I'm from California, but I've been helping a lot of teachers recently uh, run projections on their CalSTRS and CalPERS accounts for their pensions. And then I put together an income map and then just give them, um, you know, free service just to be able to service them and help them. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. So let me ask you a question. How successful are you in, in doing these uh, for these clients, for teachers and those that are looking, you know, towards re- retirement or those that are looking just to increase their capital, how successful are you? So I think a different approach from a traditional financial advisor, um, a financial advisor, again, depending on who you talk to, because everyone's going to be different. But a lot of uh, the majority of financial advisors, they want to get people's money so they could actually manage it and make a commission off of that. Nothing wrong with that when you're in the accumulation phase. But when you're heading into retirement, you want to have less, less exposure in the market. So that's when I separate myself from a lot of financial advisors because I provide, um, you know, different alternatives that still gives them a floor when the market goes down, right? So they don't lose money. But when the market picks back up, they, they participate in the market. So I, I give some of those, uh, put together some of those strategies for my clients, and they're really happy because when they lose money, when the market is down, they don't lose money, and they still could participate in the market. So the best of both worlds. Wow. So, Will, say, say I'm listening right now. I'm sold. I'm like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. How can someone contact you? Do you have websites? Do you have phone numbers. So how can someone conscious say, Hey, I liked William. I liked what I heard from him. And, and if it's just free consultation, I don't have nothing to lose. How could they contact you? Absolutely. So I have a website. It's financialleaders.com. And when you spell out financial leaders, there's only one L. So it's financialleaders.com. 
Um, you could also find me on LinkedIn. Just type in Will Rodriguez and then Dallas, and then my profile should pop up. You can connect with me, Instagram, official Will Rodriguez, or Facebook, Will Rodriguez. But for your listeners only, today, they could text my personal um, cell phone number. Wow. And I can connect with them directly. So my cell phone number is 760-712-5111. And all you have to do is text the word INFO. And then we'll connect. So one more time, company. one more time, give them that number again, because that's a, that's important. Yes, seven six zero. That's Erica seven one two five one one one, and type the word info. And from there, one of my team members will reach out. What we'll do is the first call. We're gonna do an assessment to see where you are. We'll uh, if you have not created an account for Social Security. You're going to create that, and then we'll start plugging everything in. We'll calculate for inflation as well, and then we'll give you a free plan. That's awesome. You, you know what mm-hmm. I, I, I like about you, Will, is that, you know, you're a man of God, so you're obviously not trying to rip anybody off. You know, right. you're, you're obviously not trying to get rich off of other people's money. You're just out there to help people in a, and, and get them connected. I know there's fees associated once you, you know, they connect and they like the service that you're going to give them. But that is phenomenal. Um, yeah. for, for the record, there's no fee on my side. So um, there may be fee on the products based on what they're looking for. And then some products come with no fees. Wow. That is awesome. So, that is. Yeah, I'm not going to interest anyone for any amount. Everything that I do is for free, giving back. And then word of mouth. All we ask is when we help you out, you refer to somebody in, you know, that that has a need that needs help with their financials. Amen. So, you know, the good thing about uh, being on Freedom with Adam Riojas is that we're not connected in Utah, Arizona, um, Texas, and other people are just listening to the show because even in Florida now, because it's easy for them to go on on the web and, you know, put mm-hmm. in K-Praise and, and they could pop yeah. in and they can listen, they can listen live at, at uh, you know, we're five Pacific standard here in California. But, and then they can go back and listen to any of the shows on Freedom with Adam Riojas. So I, I want you to encourage um, someone who's listening right now and thinking mm-hmm. they can't make it, that life just is too hard for them. Give them a word of encouragement, Will. Um, one word of encouragement is when Jesus was at the table in the Last Supper. You know, it was just interesting to me that he told the disciples, hey, somebody's going to betray me. And right away they're like, well, who's going to betray him? But right away, like, you know, they talked about some, something else. So they got distracted, right? And that's us. We sometimes get distracted. We hear a, word, a good word from God that we get distracted right away. But what's interesting is that Jesus said to Peter right after that, that Satan wanted to crush his faith. And then that's sometimes what we are right now, right? Maybe our faith is, is very flickle, frickle, and we are shaken by what's happening in our world and with our situation. But then Peter is like, no, like, I'm not going to betray you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he was really um, very passionate. You know, Peter, right? He, he was, he's the guy that pulled out the sword. That reminds me that if we're trying to do things from our own strength, we're going to fail. And Jesus said, once you fail and come back in repentance, then I want you to do this. Mm. Right? You give him an assignment. What I'm going to tell you is that you are going to fail. You, from your own strength, if you try to do everything from your own strength, you're going to be limited. But once you come to the end of yourself, then watch God work in your life. Woo! That is word, uh, William Rodriguez. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, and please give them the number one more time because we got about 30 seconds. 
Okay, 760-712-5111. Text word info. Amen. We love you, Will. God bless you. And please, we'll be right back with a powerful message from Zechariah chapter 11. See you in a second. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. I just had an incredible friend, uh, an incredible person who has risen from gangs and drugs to be this entrepreneur who now helps people put their businesses together. Will Rodriguez, thank you so much for being on the show. But this latter part of the show to me is my favorite part. I, I love when we get into God's word. And today we're coming out of Zechariah chapter 11. But if you're, I, I want to remind you though, that if you um, ever want to meet me, especially now, we're going to be having an incredible event October 28th from 10 a.m to 10 p.m. at the Oceanside Junior Seau Amphitheater. That's going to be awesome. Make sure you come. And here we go out of Zechariah chapter 11. It says this, Open the doors, O Lebanon, that the fire may devour thy cedars. How fir trees, for the cedar is fallen because the mighty are spoiled, how O ye oaks of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage is come down. There is a voice of the howling of the shepherds, for their glory is spoiled. A voice of the roaring of the young lions, for the pride of Judah is spoiled. Now, I want to stop there and come back and, and give you some insight as we read this. I want to remind you that Zechariah now is probably back about, has been now in the land uh, with the people of Israel because they were taken captive um, for 70 years to Babylon. If you remember, the other 10, 10 tribes had been taken captive to Assyria way prior to this invasion, but they're now, they now are back in their land, the Benjamites and the Judah, the, uh, the Judahmites and as well as the Levites. And it's incredible how God is using Zechariah to inspire them to continue to look forward, inspire them to complete the temple. The temple was about halfway finished, maybe about three quarters by now that we're in chapter 11. And God is using Zechariah again to bring life to them. But as he does, and what we just read is literally describing a coming invasion that was going to come in from the north. And it didn't happen in Zechariah's lifetime because, you know, it inspired them. They, they got right with the Lord, but eventually, like most of us, we start doing our own thing. We get tired because our, our prayers aren't being answered the way we want them to happen, to come to pass. And, and perhaps we just become so engulfed in what's happening in our, in, 
in our lives that we take our eyes off of God. There are many reasons that a lot of us walk away, that a lot of us get lackadaisical in our walk with the Lord. But here, again, Zechariah is inspiring them. He's letting them know that this army was going to come through, that they needed to get right, that they needed to serve the Lord. They didn't see it in their lifetime. And it obviously um, wasn't anybody else. But when we look here, it was literally the Romans who came in eventually from the north and walked in right through Babylon and Bashan. And, and of course, you know that they were destructive before they got down into Israel. And God's word always comes to pass. It's never like he says something and it never is like it doesn't happen. Now, what's amazing is this is a historical fact. It was literally Titus and Vespasian who were these Roman soldiers that went through there. And as they they destroyed the large uh, trees, um, which were beautiful, the cedar trees, um, it was easier for them now to destroy the lesser trees, which were the oak trees. Now, this place used to be amazing. It was beautiful, covered in forest. And no doubt that Zechariah is bringing to Israel impending destruction. And eventually we know that it occurred. But as we read that, we also saw something amazing in verse 3 where it says, There is a voice of the howling of the shepherds for their glorious spoiled, a voice of the roaring of the young lions for the pride of Jordan is spoiled. Now, this is simply telling us that that as the shepherds were mourning, as they're seeing this destruction that eventually was coming, that the lions, those that literally roamed the lion, were also going to see this. They were also going to literally mourn. And, and, and think about it. When we destroy jungles and and we go in there and mow them down and, and do all kinds of madness to to these places, the animals literally are scattered and they eventually become extinct. But praise the Lord now that we live in a time now where we have zoos and we're able to preserve these animals and we're able to also enjoy them because we know that God created them as well. But as we continue, it says, Thus says the Lord, my God, feed the flock of the slaughter. That's literally a powerful word. Feed the flock of my slaughter. What he's saying is, hey, make sure that you take care of all of these folks that are going to go through a tragic time, a tragic time. And it is important for us to always be willing to help those that find themselves in hard times. Now, this is literally representing God's judgment that was going to come upon them. And as we continue, it says, whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty, and they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, and their own shepherds pity them not. It's an interesting word, because when this is happening, there's always those elite folks that have everything. And for them, is I'm blessed. Nothing happened to me. And we may still see that when they're suffering or even when you are inside of a church and we know someone is in need and blessed be God and your riches are uh, literally just sitting there and sometimes we can land a hand or we can help to better someone's life. It says, blessed be the Lord for I am rich and their own shepherds pity them not. What he's saying is their own people weren't having pity on them. They were not even crying or mourning for them. Now, five says, whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. And they that sell them say, blessed be the Lord, for I am rich and their own shepherds pity them not. And six says this, 
for I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord, but lo, I will deliver the men, everyone into his neighbor's hand and into the hand of his kings, and they shall smite the land, and out of their hand I will not deliver them. God is saying, you know, you've been in a place where you could have helped folks. You had money. You had what it took to be part of this blessing that could have recovered others. My hand is now lifted up, and I will make sure that all of this money and everything you had will be smitten as well. And then verse 7 says this, And I will feed the flock of slaughter, even you. This is God saying, I will feed the flock of slaughter, those that have gone through madness, those that have that have turned their back to God says, I will still take care of you, O poor of the flock. And I took unto me two staves, the one called beauty and the other I called bands, and I fed the flock. Now, what I love about this is that it is a word from the Lord. Now, the Beck's explanation um, to this is that God is about to do something powerful, that God is about to do something incredible. Because look, look what it says. O poor of the flock, and I took unto me two staves, the one I call beauty and the other I call bands, and I fed the block. Now, here's a word for you. Here is something that you can believe that God is uh, speaking and saying to you and I. Now, favor or beauty, because beauty is favor. When you look up the word Hebrew, the Hebrew word beauty, grace, favor symbolizes um, the status that God had given Israel. Because remember, they were God's chosen people. And then uh, bonds or bands, when he's splitting it, literally means union, symbolizes um, the, the harmony that, uh, that was now being lost to these folks. And as we continue to, to read, it says this, as I read, and it says, uh, verse 9 says, Then I said, I will not feed you that that dieth, let it die. And that is to be cut off, let it be cut off, and let the rest eat everyone the flesh of another. That seems like a harsh word and, and something that is very hard to, to, to comprehend because as we started earlier, remember in verse 8, three shepherds also I cut off in one month, and my soul loathed them, and their soul abhorreth them. Now, most people, when they look at this, don't really quite understand what these shepherds are symbolizing or, or what he's talking about. And, you know, there's different explanations, but when you look at this in context, it probably and most likely means the prophets, the priest, and the kings. Because it makes sense when it says, three shepherds also I cut off in one month. And at this point, there was no more kings. And during this period, when they walked away from God, there was really not a voice of a, a prophet or even a minor prophet that was speaking to the people when they had literally turned their back from God, when they weren't focused on what God wanted for them. And so it's a rebuke. It's a strong, get it right, people. Get it right before I have to bring my hand down upon you. And it obviously happened. God had to... Let them again go through another captivity, which was the Romans at at this time. And what Zechariah is speaking to them, it was still for some years ahead, at least 400 plus years when this was going to be fulfilled. 
Um, 10 says, and I took my staff beauty and cut it asunder. Now he takes a staff beauty, um, this, the staff that represents grace, the staff that represents favor and cut it in half. And then he says this, that I might break my covenant, which I had with all the people. He broke his covenant with them for a minute because they were not keeping their eyes on God. It's important for you who are listening today to keep your eyes on God because God doesn't have a problem chastising us. Most people say, wait, wait, God doesn't do that. Well, read the book of Hebrews. Read what it says about God's chastising. Read what it says that that a father will chastise you. How much more our father which is in heaven not chastise you? And it actually says that we're not bastards. Those that come to Jesus, we're not bastards. We have a father in heaven who's going to make sure that we stay on that right and narrow path, just as a parent does with his children. They make sure that they are corrected when they're walking away. He makes sure that they come back, that they understand where they've failed. And so as he does this, and it says, 11 says, and it was broken in that day. And so the poor of the flock that waited upon me knew that it was a word of the Lord. He broke his covenant and no doubt they knew that they were now in trouble and that God's word was going to come to pass, that God cannot be mocked, that God is a righteous God, that God is a good God, a caring God. Now, 12 says this, and I said unto them, if you think good, give me my price. If not, forbear. So they wait for my price, 30 pieces of silver, 30 pieces of silver. Now, I want you to think and remember who was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Now, you may not know, but the Bible says that the wage for a slave was actually 30 pieces of silver. Isn't that incredible? Incredible, And you could literally read that in Exodus 21, 32. Jesus was paid or was sold for 30 pieces of silver like a slave would have been sold to those that betrayed him during his time. Zechariah is, is giving us this powerful word. And let me read you what um, I, Matthew 26, 15 says this. And said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? This is Judas telling the Pharisees, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. See, that's why it's important to read the Old Testament. This is over 400 years, a word that was given to us that he would be betrayed, that he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. Let me read to you what Matthew 29, 9 to 10 says, Then was I fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, remember the price of a slave, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. This is the problem. There's a problem because as we continue it, it in this word, it says that it was actually from Zechariah. I mean, that the word was actually from Jeremiah. And, and there's different things that people say. Some people believe that Jeremiah spoke it, and that's probably uh, the more correct word because there's no doubt that Jeremiah spoke it and, and eventually uh, 
Zachariah brought it to life. Um, some believe that it was just a bad copyist um, when Matthew wrote originally uh, Zachariah and somebody put Jeremiah. But when I look at it, I, I see that no doubt Jeremiah knew that was, this was going to happen and that Zechariah wrote it down. 13 says this, And the Lord said unto me, Cast it onto the potter, a goodly price that was that was prized at, at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Now, what's interesting is when they bought this field, usually it was a worthless field because all the pottery was thrown into this field. Um, it was a worthless, no one wanted to buy it because it was just full of pottery. It was like a dump yard, like uh, something that was looked upon as literally worthless. And this is where the silver was used for. Isn't that incredible that this field was bought for that? Wow, that is the word of God. Now, Matthew um, 27, um, 3 to 10, then says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Judas, um, seeing that he had that he had been condemned, was, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. But the chief priest took the silver uh, silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to put them in the treasure because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore, the field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by, says Jeremiah. But remember, Jeremiah uh, it says spoken by Jeremiah, not written by Jeremiah, because we know that Zechariah wrote it down, the prophet saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's fear as the Lord directed them. Now, as we get close to closing, I just want to thank you for being here today and for listening to this message with freedom, with Adam Riojas, because this is God's word. Then it says, Then I cut asunder my other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Now, the other thing, the other um, part of the staff is, is cut, and it is done away with. You know that in it's common to know that the shepherds had a staff uh, and, and a rod. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, leading me beside still waters, who restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest woo, a place for me. That's powerful. So he cuts this this thing, he cuts the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. And the Lord said unto me, take unto thee, yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd. This is awesome. And I know we only have a few minutes, but I want to rush to this because it is important for you to hear this. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that can be that be cut off. Neither shall seek the young one or heal that is broken or feet that standeth still, but shall cut the flesh of the fat and tear the claws in pieces. Woe to that idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean, dried up, and his right eye shall utterly be dark. And that's none other than the anti-Christ that Daniel spoke about in Daniel 9, 27. And it just lines up perfectly with what Revelation 13, 3 says this. And I saw one of the beasts as if it had been mortally wounded and its dead body was wounded and healed and all that marveled followed the beast. Matthew 13, uh, Revelation 13, 
12 and 14 says, And he exercised all authority of the first beast and the president caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. No doubt when we look at here, Zechariah was speaking about this Antichrist that will appear during the seven-year tribulation. It's important to read your Bible so you know the word of God, and he will be wounded, and you'll know who he is. Wife, can you so kindly close us in prayer? You have one minute, Mama. (laughs) Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for a word from you straight from heaven, Father God. You are so amazing and and Father, we just we pray today that you would continuously be glorified in our lives and through this radio ministry and through all the listeners, Father, that you would just bless and protect them on the journey that you've laid before them in Jesus' name. Woohoo! We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Tuning in. Don't forget next Sunday at 5 p.m. But I want you to come to our event October 28th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. And go back and read Zechariah. Know your Bible. In Jesus' name, God loves you, and so do I. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy Associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 